worship team. This morning, I'd encourage you to get out your bulletins and the, the notes that you're about ready to take. And uh, if you could just cross out uh, the title on there and the scripture. And uh, we're going to do something a little bit different today. Um, I, uh, I've been struggling this week. And uh, as a pastor, you always... It's a, it's a crazy world inside the mind of a pastor. I, I just... It, place you never want to go, you know, uh, in the mind of a pastor and just what's going on. And uh, we're struggling with ourselves and with the scripture and with uh, God who's working in us. And sometimes it feels pretty chaotic. And I want to tell you this week, just as uh, um, really just the last couple of days as uh, I've been thinking through some things and I wanted to share with you I try not to do this very often because this isn't, um, I, I want to follow the Lord, but a lot of times as pastors, uh, we get up on our soapboxes and we get to say whatever we want and um, you don't want to take that too often. Anyways, uh, just with the world events, things that have been going on, I, I just want to be honest with you that um, I feel pretty confused and uh, many times tossed to and fro. Uh, we got a lot of things going on in our world right now. Um, it was an interesting week uh, just with uh, having different presidential debates and reflecting on what's happening next for our country. And then having Veterans Day, uh, uh, considering really our past and, and those who have served uh, uh, our country and us as people um, in, in different places and different times. Uh, defending our freedoms, and, and then uh, just to hear of more attacks that have happened in our world and terrorist attacks uh, of those who, uh, um, Muslim people who have taken uh, their cues from uh, the enemy. Uh, I mean, when, when this happens, uh, when people do things like this, you can only connect the dots uh, so quickly to the enemy activity in their life. Uh, that they would cause someone to do this. Um, And I wanted to talk a little bit about war today and really uh, where we are as God's people. I I think that often um, I I find myself wondering, um, is this the start of the end? Is this the start of uh, maybe not the end of our world, but the end of our country and just where things will lead from here. I've heard speculation. I think it was uh, Beck on, on, not Beck uh, Kirby, but, um, you know, Glenn Beck. He was talking about how uh, this is the start of World War III, and we will look back on this. And I thought that was pretty dramatic. And then I started considering history, and I'm I'm not a student of history. Please don't confuse me with a student of history. We have some here. Uh, but knowing that sometimes small things that seem like a blip on the radar turn out to be bigger things in the future. And I, I want to open this up this morning and refocus us on what is going on. And I, I think um, often about what, what do I think about this? Maybe you've thought this last week. What, what do I think about this? And, and then me realizing that... Uh, my thoughts aren't really that important, what they are right now. 
but what should I think about this? How should I uh, be thinking as a believer in Jesus Christ? And, and where do I go from uh, here? I want to tell you just a little bit of background on myself. I've never served in the military. Um, in fact, uh, that was never a thought in my mind. Not that I don't respect the military. I just didn't find myself to be that person. Um, my dad did. Uh, he, he was uh, part of the military. He never went into uh, combat and war. Um, but part of his history is just that he was in World War II as a, a child. And I, I'd even say it this way, not to freak any of you out. Um, all my dad's, uh, there were a ton of people in my dad's family that were in World War II, but they were Nazis. Um, that They were uh, died in the war on the other side. And as part of my dad's uh, time coming over here, he immigrated to the United States during that time. And he was sure happy, sure happy to meet some uh, uh, military men from the United States on the road. That, that was a good sign for him. That was something that he enjoyed. And I was reflecting with Mike this week, Veterans Day, and uh, I, I'm part of a generation of people, many of you are like me, that don't have a clue about uh, what Veterans Day is all about. We don't, we don't get it in our mind. We haven't sacrificed anything. Uh, we've had some different wars go on in our, our lifetime, but it hasn't affected us. We went to baseball games, and we went to school, and we ate steak at night, and we, uh, we enjoyed freedoms while other things were going on. And this last week, as there were attacks in Paris, uh, you were doing what you were doing. I was doing what I was doing. And we stopped for a moment, maybe, and maybe it burdened our hearts for a little bit, but we went on our, our, our way. Um, and so I just have some thoughts from God's Word. I hope they're valuable as we look at the end of our time. Um, I realize they're a touch scattered. But anyways, turn over to your Bible to Ephesians chapter 6. And I want, I want you to think in terms of this this morning. Uh, there is a war going on. There is a war going on. And a lot of times as, as believers, what fills our mind, gets our attention, that's our priority. That's our priority. That's the thing that we're fixated on. And everything else goes by the wayside because we are fixated on one thing. You can't do two things at once. We talk about multitasking, and you know what that is? It means you're doing a bunch of different things poorly. That's what multitasking is. Um, most of the time, our attention is on one thing or another, and, and even if it's just for a moment, we are fixated on one thing. In God's Word in Ephesians chapter 6, uh, end, of a pa- end of a book... Uh, Paul's giving uh, last thoughts and really the last charge. It's interesting, uh, as you see a book unfold, what God wanted to see in the beginning, what things he wanted in the middle, and what things he wanted at the end, last thoughts. And in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, it's kind of this last charge. It's kind of where we go from here. How do we live? How do we live? And it says this, finally be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, 
against powers of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day. And having done everything to stand firm, stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, take up the shield of faith with with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. And pray on my behalf that the utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains. That in proclaiming it, I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. God, we ask your blessing on our time. I do ask that my my jumbled thoughts would be beneficial Um, that it would not just be my thoughts, but it would be your word impacting the hearts of your people. God, uh, I ask that you would prepare us for the days ahead, that you would cause us to uh, fixate on your will for us um, and not get caught up in the things of this world. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, the first thing I want to point out to you, and that, that first verse, we're going to skip over it and come back to it. Verse 10 there. Uh, it's a, a verse on power and strength uh, and where that comes from. But I, I want to tell you, 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 you must have heard in this passage that there's a lot of war language. There's a lot of fighting language. And I want to tell you uh, that there is a war going on. We are in a war. It didn't start happening this last week. It didn't start happening in this last year. It didn't start uh, on that fateful day for us as a country on 9-11. It wasn't something that was World War II. It's not something about the, the Middle East versus the West. It's not about any of those things. But there's a war going on. There's a struggle It's a reality every day, even in Bear Valley Springs. I think so often we look for these corners of the world where we can forget about reality. But in God's word, it it shares with us. Paul is calling on this church and he's saying, look, get ready. Get ready for the battle. The battle is here. It's real. It's we're engaging in this all the time. And so we're in a war. Uh, that first verse tells us to be strong in the Lord. To be strong in the Lord. Um, when, when you're preparing for war, when you're thinking about how you should go up. By the way, if you feel like you're going to lose a war, don't begin it. Right? If you don't have the resources, you should just lay down. Right? But... As we look to God's Word, we're going to look in this passage as well as uh, 2 Timothy. We're going to see that we do have the strength, we do have the power, but it's not in us. It's not in us. There's a strength to win the war. This war that's going on, there's a struggle that's going to happen and is happening. 
And he provides the strength to uh, go about this. If you look down in verse 11, the end of 11, it says, Put on the full armor of God so that you may be able to stand firm against, what does it say? Against the schemes of the devil. How does that strike you? How does that strike you? If we're talking about war today, and we need to be strong, we need to be ready, there's a war going on, you should really identify who your enemy is, right? It's important. It, it's not just about uh, randomly fighting a war against whoever shows up, but who's the enemy? We have a particular enemy. And what we know about this enemy from this particular passage is he's scheming. He's scheming. He's not walking through the front door. He's not saying, uh, he doesn't have it wearing a shirt that says, I'm your enemy. There's a scheme going on. That's his method. Um, Some have referred to our enemy as a terrorist, and that's true, because he desires to strike when we least expect it, when we're laying down. And he he tries to do things to uh, bring about chaos that will disrupt, and not just disrupt, but will cause us fear for the days to come. And it... He says very clearly, look, you know, there, there's an armor. <coughs> there's a strength that we need to have. But listen, we're, we're called to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. So, so I want you to know this. We are in a war, a spiritual war, a battle that impacts everything. In fact, what happened in Paris this last week? That's an outgrowth of the war. That's not uh, the war itself. That's what's going on in our world today. And you say, well, is it us against them? No, I don't think it is us right here. When I say us, I'm not talking about the United States, right? Because the United States has plenty of spiritual problems, right? Talk about France. Do they have spiritual issues? Of course they do. They've rejected God. They're a secular culture. Most of Europe is like this now, where it, God's not welcome. And don't, don't feel great about the United States. We're right behind them. We're, we're charging along that path. We're saying, what a great idea. I, I want to tell you, this is not about one country and another. This is about the Lord's side and our enemy on the devil's side. This is the war that we're in, okay? We are in a war. As you consider this this morning, uh, you can even look down in verse 16. He's mentioned again, and it says that in addition to taking up the shield of faith with, with which you will be able to extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. What does that picture you as individuals? That you have an enemy whose flaming darts are sailing at you all the time. You have an enemy. So if you have an enemy and there's a struggle, there's a war going on. uh, There's a danger for you to not think that there's a war going on. That's the greatest danger. That's the first thing I want you to know this morning. That there's a war going on. And you say, well, well, what's the prize? What, what, what's the thing that we're fighting over? I want to tell you, it's souls. It's souls. It's generations. It's your kids and grandkids. It's you. And if he gets you, it'll impact your kids. It'll impact your grandkids from generation to generation. 
This is a sense of urgency because of what happens. Most of the time we don't see any urgency in our life. We see nothing important about this day. But I want to tell you there's a war going on. And what's at stake is not just our country, but more intimately, it's about our kids and grandkids. It's about us, our kids, our grandkids, and this church. There's a war going on. So we are in a war. Uh, Secondly, I want to point out in verse 12, we are in a different war. We are in a different war. We are in a different war with an unseen enemy. If you look over at verse 12 in God's word, um, we see this, that for, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood or struggle, right? It's not against flesh and blood. It's not about people that we can see, but against... uh, rulers against authorities against cosmic powers over the present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places i look at that and i go i can't see that i I can't see what's going on in the heavenly places i don't have this vision to see we see effects we see what's going on when, when people are moved by that, but we don't see the actual forces. And so you're saying, well, how can I fight in a war to an unseen enemy? It's going to have to be different, isn't it? It's going to have to be different. Some of us find ourselves to be uh, powerful people, fighters, warriors, and we say, I'll take them on. And I say, well, how do you fight against an unseen enemy? You're going to have to do this a different way. And as you think about war, as you think about fighting, as you think about winning, I want to tell you, you're going to have to do it a different way. We have, we have some powerful people in Bear Valley Church. Uh, I don't say that um, being sarcastic. We do. Uh, God has drawn you here. You've accomplished much. Some of you, even in military-type settings, some of you in uh, police work and, and, and these other things. Some of you in business and amazing families. And you say, I'm very accomplished. I've risen to this level. I can do many things. I can explain to you things that you can't imagine. I want to tell you, if you use those type of methods and you use your own strength, uh, you need to know this. Uh, you're going to fail because it's not about what you have. It's got to be a, it's because it's a different kind of war. A different kind of war with an unseen enemy. As we look at this passage, I want to tell you this. A third thing I want to point out is <coughs> we are protected in the war. We are protected. He says, uh, take up the full armor of God. That There's a, a protection here. And uh, you, you can imagine the fear of going out into a war knowing that you're not protected. Knowing that you're in danger as we look at this section that I read to you, he says the full armor of God, and it represents some areas of protection for us in the truth, in righteousness, in the gospel, in faith, in our salvation, with the word of God. And then the last section there that I read is in all these things that we would pray, that we would ask for God's participation. We're protected. Uh, we struggle with fear. And as we watch what's going on in the world today, some of us choose not to watch. You just choose not to read the news. You just choose not to uh, 
turn the television on and uh, look at uh, those stations that are putting these graphic games. That's not a bad tactic other than this. It's still going on whether we see it or not, right? We see in our, our, our little town here, uh, township, spot on the map, bump on the road. Um, we, we look at what's going on and do you know what's going on? Do, do you know what's going on in the city of Tehachapi? Do you know that the drug influence is coming in in a greater, and even in the last five years, things have changed dramatically here in our city. And you say, well, we live in this small, yeah, we do. And it's here too. It's here too. It, it, there's a, it's a dangerous world we live in. And you say, well, I don't like to think about it. I want to tell you, it's better to think about it and know that you're protected in the full armor of God than to act like nothing's happening and we're not in a war when you are. When you are. He says, put on the full armor of God. And I want to point out, what's the objective in this passage? What's the objective? Most of the time when we think about war, we think of taking that hill or uh, conquering that nation. We we like the picture. We always like the end of, uh, of a good war movie, right? where they're a victor, they raise the flag, everyone cheers, everyone's happy, and they realize, we have won! We have won. We like that. Um, But the reality is, war's not like that. War's not like that. Um, From everyone I've talked to, it's it's a mess. It's a mess during, it's a mess after. You might... uh, gain your objective, but it's not like everyone's happy and they go home safe and sound. But what's the objective in this passage? See, see what God is calling us to as Paul considers what this struggle is that we're going on. Look at what God's word says. In this passage, you'll hear it a couple of different times. In verse 13, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm. This is the picture of what it is that we're trying to accomplish. This is the objective, to stand firm. To stand firm. To know the God, know the God of the universe, to walk with Him, to stay with Him. And as the attacks come, that we would not abandon our position. All we need to do is stand firm. And the attacks are coming. It's not about going and taking that hill. It's not about going and wiping that enemy out. It's about staying your ground. This is what God's purpose is for you in this war. This is where he wants you to be. Is to not give up. To not change. To not abandon your position in him. I think about these that have gotten baptized. I think about our youth all the time. As I drop my own kids off and I peek my head in there, hey, what's going on? You know, I think the danger for them is about them abandoning the position of Jesus Christ. And you know what? That's a temptation at every phase of life. Every phase of life. In college, it's a temptation. You're starting to get super smart, and you know you're around a lot of other smart, pe- so-called smart people, and uh, you're you're filling your heads, and you're sitting around drinking coffee or doing whatever you're doing and philosophizing about how much you know, 
And the, the deal is this, is there's a temptation to abandon your position, that humble position. We've been looking at that in the book of Matthew, that little childlike position. Guess what? When you're, when you're out of college, maybe you're a, a young person in your 20s and you want to get rolling in your life and you, you say, hey, I want to get married, I want to do this, and, and we're going to have it all. We're going to do whatever we want to do. And, and there's this idea that we don't need a Lord. We need to be our own Lord. We're going to choose whatever we want. And there's a tendency and a, a temptation to abandon your position in Jesus Christ. Things get rolling. You start raising kids. It's kind of a crazy time, right? Um, those of you who have raised kids, you know it. And there's all these different ideas of what are you going to do? How are you going to discipline? What's going to go on? And you're looking at God's Word and you're going, I'm, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to read blogs. I'm going to go to the, the Amazon bookstore and read what people have written about parenting. The latest thing. Forget the latest thing. Forget the latest thing. Because you have a Lord that's been a Lord over your life. He died for your sins. He loves your soul. He loves your marriage. He loves your family. He loves your child more than you do. So don't trust yourself. Stand firm. Don't abandon. Don't abandon Jesus Christ's position that he's given you. You go on to other life and empty nest and you say, hey, now it's my time to party and the war's over. The war is not over. The war is not over. Don't be confused. The war is not over. God has purposes for you in the war right now. Stand firm. Don't abandon that position. And then later in life, uh, even as Pastor Mike's been sharing in his class, there's a danger to say, well, there's all these things that didn't go very well in my life, the pain, and I, just forget. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. This is my last chance to do. No, it's to finish the war. Stand firm. Turn over to 2 Timothy chapter 2. I want to share with you just a few more thoughts on um, this war that we are in. And I, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope this is motivating to your soul that you would, uh, that this would prick you and say, this is something that I need to be stirred up in my own heart about today. Um, as we look at this, we, we've gone through uh, that we are in a war. We're in a different war. We are protected in the war. We are to stand firm in the war. Now I want to share with you from 2 Timothy chapter 2. Starting at verse 1. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Very similar to that first verse I read to you in the last passage. But the the things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does, not, uh, he does not win the prize unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer ought to be the first to receive the share of his crops. I, I know I'm going quickly through this because I, I chose to talk a, um, a long time this morning about a lot of different points, but... As we look at this, uh, I want to just point out some things. This passage is also talking about the war. It's using some of those same language pictures. Now as a soldier, 
And what does he say? That, what is he calling? Paul is calling Timothy to, to go about and to participate in this. And what does he say? He, he gives the tactic, really the, the, the thing that we are to be doing all the time. This is how we win the war. Look at, look, look at what it says. This is what we're, the, the thing that we should be doing. Verse 2, the things that you have heard from me in the presence of many uh, in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. What is that? Passing it down. Passing it down. It's about setting, it's about giving what God has given to you to others. It's about setting up that next generation. For Paul, he set up Timothy. Timothy, he was calling him to now set up others. And I want to tell you that this is where the war is won. It's not just about us and our generation. It's about us setting up the next generation, giving it to our kids, giving it to our grandkids, giving it to our neighbors, giving it to others in the city. And you say, well, I don't know anybody. Well, find somebody, anybody. This is, and it's not just, he says, entrust to faithful men. It's those who will take it in. Is those who will do something with it. And you may not be able to know that from a distance. You need to get up close. And if someone doesn't want it, you say, okay, I understand. I, I need to move on because there is someone here sometime, someplace who will take this that I can pass this on to. I want to tell you this war is won by passing it on. Passing it on. This is the way, uh, the bat- this is the key to the battle, is passing it on. In verse 3, uh, it says this, if you look down, he says, suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Suffer hardship with me. The war, the war effort takes sacrifice. It takes sacrifice. You cannot fight the war without sacrifice. I say that dramatically because I want to make a point here. Uh, we want to have it all. We want to have it all. We want to be able to have every nicety and we want to be able to have every comfort. We want to do what we want to do. We want to party seven nights out of the week and we want to still have people love us at work and we want a lot of money. We want a lot of time. We want a lot of everything. And I want to tell you, during wartime, which is what we're in, there's got to be sacrifice. If you're going to participate in the war, war takes sacrifice. And what that means is you live differently. You live differently. This is what I was pointing out earlier, that our country's been in war and it hasn't affected me. You know why? Because I wasn't a part of the war. I I wasn't a participant. And yet as we look at God's word, we realize that we are participants. And if we're not participating and God has placed us here, uh, we're, we're dead weight. I was talking with Mike about World War II a little bit this week, and uh, most of us have, have either lived through that or we know what happened, right? There was rationing of food. Why? Because there's a war going on. There was a rationing of fuel. Uh, you couldn't just drive wherever you wanted to. You couldn't just, why? Because there was a war going on. There was, uh, you know, people going over. They were, they were getting in, involved in the military. They were going over to fight. And people, uh, everybody was filling in 
women, children, they were filling in. Why? Because there was a war going on. There was a war going on. You bypass things. There wasn't a sense where we, we can have this nicety or that nicety. Why? Because there was a war going on. I was blown away at this number. That war bonds were being sold. And money. People were giving their money to be used in the war effort. In those days, it was $187 billion was invested in the war effort. That's staggering to me. $187 billion. It, it was something that people gave. Over half the people in the United States participated in this way. We take an offering. We take an offering here at church. And you say, well, that's to pay the light bill, make sure the water's warm when they get baptized, you know. And we're just trying to keep a nice little church here. No, we're part of a war effort. And, and, and these funds are not just so we can have our nice little church here in Bear Valley Springs. It's part of the war effort. I look at this and I go, the war takes sacrifice. And, and why? Because the, the objective is, is important. They were fearful during World War II. Why? That they would be overcome. And as we consider where we are in the place of history, we, we need to think through this. What does the Lord have us to do in the war effort? Sacrifice. You look down at verse 4. Um, it says this, no soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life. And this is peculiar to me. It stands out to me. So that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. I've never been in the military. Never been in the military. But I can picture uh, myself not getting it. That I would go to a boot camp or basic training and uh, people are barking out orders and they're saying, going there, going here, be in the mess hall and I do, doing this, getting all this. And me going, you know, um, I was just wondering, uh, when are we going to have beef? When are we going to have beef? I, I'm used to having more beef in my diet than I, I've had here. Uh, when, can, can I request a just special plate for myself? Is that the way it goes, Ehud? No, it doesn't. Uh, he's serving our country right now. He's home for a little bit. Um, I, I, I think about, you yeah, go over there. You know, I don't really feel like going over there right now. I, you know, I'm more of a staying over here type guy. Uh, you don't realize I, I'm more of a leadership type guy. What, what, if you put me in charge of some things and I got different skills that I could really enlighten you about. No, there's just barking out orders. Why? Because it's preparing for war. It's the idea that what your, your tendencies are and what your pleasures are, this isn't about you. Ah, oh, man, I could talk a lot about this. I read an article this week. It was talking about uh, uh, women in the workplace and women in the military and fighting alongside. And, um, and I, I just need to say this. This is very important for me to say. I hope it's important and I hope that you hear it as it is. You can look for it. It says, the article was titled, um, The Alpha Men Need to Lean In. Okay? And uh, what this woman was advocating was this, that in battle, in battle, that the, these strong men should want women by their side in battle. 
in, in combat, in war. And they should be the ones to request it. They should be the ones to do this. And I go, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And the reason it's stupid is this. Because she was advocating that if women want to go to war, they should be able to go to war. And, and I thought to myself, who cares what women want? Don't cut that out of my sermon, okay? Okay? Who cares what men want? The objective isn't that we get what we want. The objective is to win the war. And what's best for the winning of the war, that's the role you should take. And if you have a God who says, this is what I want you to be, you say, yes, that's what I want to be. And if he says, I want to move you over here, you say, yes, that's where I want to be. I want to tell you that, that each of us right now, each of us right now, in the phase of life that we're in, the situation we're in, guess what? You have a role. And some of you say, well, I, I, I want to I sing. I want to sing. Maybe God doesn't have you to sing, okay? Maybe he has you to, to uh, wash dishes, or maybe he has you to serve in the twos and threes. Talk about a war. Talk about a war. Okay? And, and you say, well, I, you know, I, I can't do that anymore. So I guess I'm on the sidelines. No, some of you can give. Some of you can give. And you say, well, you, you just want me because I... No, it's not about you being wanted. It's about you participating in the war. As you think about this, every phase of life has you to participate in what God's doing. And this picture that the war's going on takes a serious effort on our part to fill our role, not for our own pleasure, but for the one who called us to be a, a soldier. Isn't that a great picture? That we're not, we're not trying to please ourselves, we're not trying to please our society, but we're looking to God and God says, that's where I want you. That's what I want you to do. You say, well, you know, I really like to do other things. I don't have that for you right now. This is what I have for you. Last thing I want to point out. I think it's the last thing. Yeah, last thing. Number eight. Um, the end of this war will never end in peace with the enemy. It will never end with peace with the enemy. You know how this war ends? Evacuation of us to be with our Savior forever. As we stand firm to the end, when the end comes, guess what? Evacuation. And what we want to be is with as many people as possible as we share the good news of the gospel, as many people as possible, evacuation to be with our Savior forever. Please join with me in prayer. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the blessing of the testimonies of these ones that have been baptized. Help us to uh, be thrilled with that. God, help us to understand the war that's going on. God, I pray that we would uh, not get wound up in the affairs of this life, that we would not uh, be tossed to and fro by news reports, but that we would be fixated on what you want us to do right now. Not what we want to do right now, but what you want us to do right now. Help us participate in your war effort. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being here today. You are dismissed.